Okay, I have tons of tricks for this, and this is what I mostly work with my clients on because they're all time-starved, let's call it, for whatever reason. Um, they don't have the time. And there's so many things you can do to streamline your kitchen time or your dinner routine and still come up with delicious things. So I'll give you a couple of ideas. One thing is called batch cooking. Hey there, crafter with a full-time job. If you're looking for a way to make extra income, extra 10K in your sleep from SVG Cut Files in the next 12 months, I'm Jeff and I am here to help you. Sign up for my free masterclass below and get my secrets for building a successful six-figure SVG business. So you can quit your job, you can cut down your hours to spend more time with your kids. Hello, hello everyone. How are you guys doing today? This is Jeff from Cut and Make Crafts, the founder of the SVG Superstar coaching program and today I am going live with Linda who is a, a kitchen confidence coach and she will be sharing some amazing tips on how to save time while making dinner. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm good too. What's the time on your side? It is 8.30 in the morning on Wednesday. What day and time is it by you? It is Wednesday, but it is 10.30 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> so your kids are asleep and I'm waiting for my daughter to get up. <laughs> I have one bird which is asleep, yeah. <laughs> it, I usually put it to sleep around like 6 because it's winter here and the sun goes down early. So 6 p.m. is uh, bedtime for my bird so that I can work in peace. Aren't you lucky? I don't think my kids ever went to bed at 6. <laughs> <laughs> so um, now I have a, um, a 16-year-old daughter and a son who's going to be 20 at the end of the week. And he's got an internship at a nearby university, and he has to leave at 4.30 in the morning to go wow. there. So like 4 o'clock in the morning... I'm up. <laughs> wow. So that's every day? Uh, for his summer internship, yes. Wow. Wow. <laughs> okay. So let's get started. I'm super excited to hear your tips because this is something very interesting for me. So why don't you start with a little introduction about yourself? Tell us about your background. Sure. So my name is Linda Litterman, and I own a company called Balabusta's Secret. Um, a balabusta is an old-fashioned Yiddish term that means a woman who makes a fine home. Now, my fine home is not the, don't put your feet up, don't you know, have to have a coaster under your glass. That's not my fine home. My fine home is you want your friends, your family, your kids' friends to come and feel comfortable and warm and know they're going to have great conversation, great food, and feel like it's their home. So that's what I strive to do for my house, and that's what I try to um, teach my clients how to make for their homes. Because especially when you have kids, you want your kids' friends around. So you know what they're up to, you know who they're hanging out with, you know what their interests are, and you even want your, friend, your kids' friends to be able to confide in you. And you have to do that by being warm to them. So um, that's what my business is. And I teach busy moms how to meal prep, meal plan, and cook, 
and then serve their meals with fun and games at the dinner table. Because one of the worst things that can happen is, you know, you've worked all day, you've volunteered, or you've done stuff in your house, and you finally figure out what to make for dinner. You get it on the table, and you turn to your kids, and you say, what'd you do today? Nothing. How was school? Fine. You want to just go crazy. So you want to make memories in everything you do. And so one of the things I teach moms is how to make that dinner time fun. And the reason why I find it's important is because the studies show if you have sit down family meals and listen, we all have busy lives and you can't do that every night of the week. But if you can do it for a majority of the time, your kids do better in school. They're less likely to abuse illegal substances. They have better communication skills, better social skills. And you have a whole lot more fun. So why wouldn't you want to do that? So I'm a lawyer by training, and I practiced for many, many years. I had my kids later in life than what most people traditionally have. And when I had my kids, I said, you know, I need to pay some attention to them because I have worked on myself and my career for so long, but now I need to focus on my family a little bit differently. And when they got a little bit older and their friends would be coming over and we'd have play dates and we'd have dinner and we'd have sleepovers, their friends would say, my mom doesn't cook like this. We don't play games at the table. Did you teach my mother how to do this? And so my business was born. Cool, cool. I love that. That's such a beautiful story. And I would love to know, so uh, uh, I was reading your story that you shared, like, how did you, I mean, were you always this amazing chef and... <laughs> Not in the slightest. I stunk. I was awful. When I was in high school, I said to my mom, mom, you are the most boring cook I've ever met. Because she was pretty boring, you know? So she said, okay, smart Alec, um, I'm going to have you cook. And she bought me a book, and it was probably like this thick called wow. The Joy of Cooking. It's an old cookbook, and it has no pictures. Not a good thing for somebody who does not know what they're doing. So and she true. said, once a week, you're going to pick out a menu or a recipe. You're going to tell me what I need to shop for it, and you're going to cook it. And so I said, oh, my God, the pressure's on, because now I can't do anything boring, because I said she was boring. So I tried to find the most exotic things that I'd never heard of. And believe me, that was an awful lot of food. So um, the first time I made... And I'm going to say it wrong, veal cordomuda. It's a fancy veal dish. Never knew what it was, but it sounded so exotic that I just had to make this. Well, no pictures, no cooking knowledge. It came out awful, awful. <laughs> so the next week I had to do it again, and I made Swedish meatballs. Now, there is nothing about me that's green Swedish, nothing. I have no idea what I was doing. Again, total bomb awful. I can't remember what a third dinner I made, but after the third dinner, I was banned from cooking for my family. Totally banned. <laughs> so a lot of people would say, oh, you know, that's the end of my cooking career. I don't know how to cook. It's too hard, blah, 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 blah. That's not my personality. My personality was, well, I'll show you. I'm going to really learn how to cook. <laughs> Game on. Let's learn how to cook. And that's what I did. Um, I now have over a thousand cookbooks that and I don't follow a recipe, but I use it for inspiration and get ideas. Um, I've gone to the uh, International Culinary Institute for Cooking. I'm a graduate of Ruby Cooking Course. I'm a graduate of International, um, International, I got to figure out what it is, Nutritional something or another, I can't remember, <laughs> took courses at the National Gourmet, but um, I turned out to be a pretty damn good cook. 
<laughs> and now I teach people how to do it without needing a thousand cookbooks and cutting to the chase because it's really not hard if you know the tips and the tricks. And the goal is to make delicious food because if you don't show your family how to cook and what to cook that's nutritious and within your budget, if you keep budgets, if you don't show them how to do that, then they're not going to know how to do it for themselves and for their families. And it's such, such an important skill. Why not do it? And involve your family in the process. Yeah, exactly. I, I totally agree with that. Like food is a way to bring people together. Like if you, and it just, if you just make something for someone, something that they truly love eating all the time, it just makes the other person so happy. And it, it's a way to make someone feel special. Okay, it's your special day. It's your birthday. So I'm going to cook something special for you. So I love all this beautiful approach. And I, I, I would love to know, so why are you so passionate about this whole family dinner time? I know you touched upon it a bit, but let's dig deeper. Sure, absolutely. Um, I grew up playing games at my dinner table and having great conversations with my family. And I think this is one of the things that brought us really close because even back then and much so now, we're running in our lives in 50 million different directions and we barely have time to breathe, let alone get a meal on the table. So when do you get to know with your family? I mean, really know them, not the, oh, put away your toys kind of family. But you know, when you really start you know, wanting to know them as people, as kids and, and humans. And so I think at the dinner table, you really should be able to let your guard down because so many times during the day, you have to be either and I'm not saying that I want the kids to be bad behaved, but you have to be proper. You have to present yourself in a certain way. And you don't always get to feel yourself because of it. But at the dinner table, you want to be able to relax. I mean, you don't get so much of a time during the day to be yourself. And so if you can foster that warmth and that loving feeling at any time during the day, but particularly at a meal, the benefits are astronomical. And I always tell my kids, and I've worked with my kids, teaching them how to cook since they were very little, I always tell them that the secret ingredient in my food is love. And that to me, love is, um, food, love is food made edible. Because you have to put love in everything you do. So true. So true. Love is my secret ingredient. Absolutely. I love that. And uh, uh, so somebody who is working a nine to five job and then they also have like a side hustle uh something uh to make extra income and they have such a busy schedule so what can they do in dinner time to save all that to save as much time as they can to make it streamlined so that they can do more of what they love this podcast is sponsored by my Ivy League Standard SVG Business Coaching Program, SVG Superstar, where you not only learn to design SVGs, but also how to sell those designs to make money in your sleep. To learn more about my program, sign up for my free masterclass via the link in the description. Okay, I have tons of tricks for this, and this is what I mostly work with my clients on because they're all time-starved, let's call it, for whatever reason. Um, they don't have the time. And there's so many things you can do to streamline your kitchen time or your dinner routine and still come up with delicious things. So I'll give you a couple of ideas. One thing is called batch cooking. And what batch cooking is, you make more, than a, more of something than you need for any one given meal. 
So let's use rice as an example. Let's say I'm going to make a um, chicken tiki masala, which sounds really exotic. It is simple. And if you want to make it fast, you get chicken tenders because they're thin. You can um, saute some ginger, some garlic, some onions, brown your chicken tenders. And if you really want to cheat, you can buy a tiki masala sauce in just about any grocery store in the world, pour it over it. If you want some greens in there and some healthy vegetables, you can put broccoli in it, put the cover on it, let it steam for 10 minutes. Your dinner's done in 15 minutes. But what I would do with that is I'd make a side dish of rice and I'd make a double batch of rice. So one batch of rice I would use with my chicken tiki masala. I would take my leftovers another day of the week and I would make something with fried rice. Now, I don't have to cook the rice again because it's already done. I just have to season it. And the trick with making fried rice is you need day-old rice to make it good. So I've already made the rice. I'm saving my time. And let's say I have a roast chicken that's left over from another night or shrimp or um, salmon. I could just put that on top of the fried rice. So now you've almost made two meals in the time it takes to make one. Another thing I do, my kids love spicy Asian meatballs. And I like to make my meatballs in the oven because I don't like the splatter. I don't like the mess. Who wants to spend their time cleaning up? You already cooked. You know, make it as easy as possible. So I make these really wonderful Asian meatballs in the oven and I make a lot. And one night I'll make it with um, like a pad thai rice noodles. And rice noodles are a gluten-free noodle. To cook them, you pour boiling water on it. Really no skill involved in that whatsoever. <laughs> And to make the peanut sauce for it is just a little bit of orange juice, peanut butter, soy sauce, and toasted sesame oil. Boom, your sauce is done. Put it on the rice noodles, put the meatballs on it. You got a great dinner. But now I've got a whole bunch of extra um, meatballs. So the next night, I might grind it up. I might put a different Asian sauce on it, like a Husin sauce. You could buy that again in multiple grocery stores. Um, and put it on a lettuce wrap. So now you're eating it as a really fun, cool sandwich. Your kids are going to eat with their hand, which is what kid doesn't like to eat with their hands. Um, and it took you five minutes to make it because you're just reheating it with a different sauce and you're putting it on a, um, a lettuce leaf. If you want to serve it with a side dish, maybe you have the leftover rice from your tiki masala. Um, or you can just um, saute some maybe bok choy or whatever green you want to saute. Again, that dinner is done in 15, 20 minutes. So if you can batch cook and think ahead on how you can repurpose and reuse your leftovers, you're killing a lot of birds at one time when you're making one thing. So that's probably one of the easiest time-saving tricks I, I can give you. And obviously when I work with people, we go through a whole bunch of menu, menu ideas on what they can do with what ingredients and they can plan out what they can do for a week or however long they want to do their planning. Mm -hmm. Another thing I always tell people to do is have a well-stocked pantry. Because if you have a well-stocked pantry, you're not running to the store all the time. Again, you're cutting down time. So have a well-stocked pantry, know what you have, know what you need, and know how to use what you have. Because I find a lot of people, if they are relying on recipes because either they're a novice cook or they're unsure of their skills, um, they'll see a recipe and they don't plan it in advance. And it's like, oh, my God, I don't have the garlic, the minced garlic. And then they have to run to the store. But if you know what you could substitute and still make a delicious dish, you don't have to run to the store. And then you can start modifying recipes to make them your own without being a slave to exactly what somebody else thought was a really good meal. 
so true. I love that. I usually shop like once a month and I do all my grocery shopping online because it's so easy to just add to cart everything. And they, I get it delivered on my doorstep and it saves so much time. Like before pandemic, I used to have like one day for grocery shopping and like half of my day used to go on going to the mall, going to the grocery store, spending time in the aisles. And it, it was so time consuming. But uh, since the pandemic struck, I've transferred all the grocery shopping to online and it has become 10 times easier. And I'm not running every day to the grocery store to, uh, to buy something that's missing. And, and I love that tip where you shared, like you can learn to substitute if something's not there. So I like have a minced garlic and then I have the garlic powder. Sometimes when I run out of it, I just use the powder. Yeah, and listen, there's no, there's no crime in that. Or let's say your recipe calls for shallots and you don't have shallots, use an onion. They're in the same family. You don't have shallots and onions, use a scallion. It's in the same family. So if you start learning what goes with what, it makes your life a lot easier. I also think it helps tremendously if you have an organized kitchen, because if you know where your things are, you're not taking 50 million pots and pans out. Where is that greeter? <laughs> um, again, there's ways to organize a kitchen to make it useful for you. You know, and everybody's got different space requirements in their kitchens. They all use different kinds of tools and appliances. But if you learn how to make what you have work for you, You'll also send a lot of, save a lot of time, even in terms of organizing, let's say your spice cabinet, because that minced garlic that you just ran out to buy, you probably have three of them sitting somewhere in your house because you keep buying them because you can't find it, you know? So that's part of kitchen organization. And let's say um, a lot of people like to make taco Tuesdays. It's a nice, easy way to figure out one day a week where you don't have to think about what you're going to make. Well, maybe there are certain seasonings you always use for your taco Tuesdays, whether you're making fish tacos or chicken tacos or beef tacos, but you always like your cumin and your chili peppers and whatever else you like. Maybe you want to store them together in a little box or a little lucite bin. So you just pull out the bin when it comes time to you making your meal instead of taking out all your spices to find those handful that you need on a repeated basis. I love that tip and it's so funny. I use that. I do that in my kitchen. <laughs> and, and It's I really helpful. I just remembered uh, this thing happened with me for cloves. I forgot that I had cloves in my pantry like twice and I kept on buying three months. I'm just buying cloves. <laughs> Thousands of packets of cloves in my pantry. Hey, we all do it. We all do it. Oh yeah, there's the Italian seasoning. <laughs> oh my God, this is so relatable. <laughs> Another good thing that... Um, people do um, is if you're going to make a big amount of something, if it's freezable, freeze it. Because you can always defrost it on a night you're in a pitch. So things that, and not everything can be frozen, but if you make a tomato sauce, easy to freeze. Easy to freeze your leftovers. If you make a pesto, which is just, you know, 
again, you can use many different herbs for it, but if you're using parsley and basil and pine nuts or whatever, walnuts, whatever nuts you want to put in it, and you make a big batch, there's a couple of things you can do with it if you want to freeze it. Put a little bit of olive oil in your container on top so it doesn't get brown and you could freeze it, or you could freeze it in an ice cube tray with a little bit of olive oil. So if you're making vegetables, let's say you're steaming some broccoli or roasting some broccoli, pop out an ice cube tray of pesto, melt it on your vegetables, it's seasoned, boom, boom, boom. You've saved a ton of time and made something really delicious. Take the same pesto, put it on um, um, whatever kind of meat you wanna have pesto on. Uh, or chicken, chicken with pesto would be great. Just pop out one of those cubes when you made a big batch when it's in season. Cool. I love those tips. They are so, my mind is getting blown here. <laughs> so, uh, one question I have is like, do you have like a book or something with those easy recipes, like tips and tricks, like the ones that you're talking about right now? I do not have a book. I have um, an ebook that I can offer your listeners. I think you have the link for it. So if you post the link, um, once they ask for it, they'll both get the ebook and they'll get on my newsletter list. And on my newsletter list, you'll um, get recipe ideas, meal planning tips. When I offer a course, you can do that. It's also a way to get in touch with me if you'd like to work with me because I do a lot of one-on-one -on -one working with women. And what I do is I tailor the lessons to their food preferences, their family dietary needs, um, I also have a service where I do menu planning and meal planning for you. And you tell me what kinds of foods you like, and I will give you a week's worth, a two weeks, a month worth of recipes, shopping lists, and um, the plan. So there's many, many ways that I can work with people. You just need to get in touch with me and we can work out what's gonna work out best for you. I love those. So everything is custom made, custom tailored. Custom because everybody's different. You know, and, and I often say, you know, a lot of the clothing manufacturers lie because there is no one size fits everything, you know. Everybody's body is different and how you want it to look is not necessarily what that one size is gonna look like on you. And that's the true same thing for food or most things you do. So it doesn't take that much more effort to customize it for you, but it will make that much more difference to you when we work that way. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Uh I, I totally agree with that uh, because d dinner and food is such a very thing based on your culture, based on your family, based on what your kids like. So it's so important to have like one-on-one -on -one coaching, which you're providing. That's amazing. So just to recap what we have covered so far, uh, the tips that uh, we learned, number one, batch cook. I've been taking notes. Batch cook. <laughs> Number two, uh, use rest, use leftovers, cook in the whatever you cook extra, use it the next day, have a well-stocked pantry, organize your kitchen so everything is easy to find, easy to use, and keep them in a, what was, the, sorry, what was the last tip? I'll, I'll give you another one. I'll just add something completely different to your list. If you learn how to cook, some really basic things, your ability to make new recipes on your own after a while is it's indefinite. Because if you know how to properly cook a protein, you can change your seasonings, but keep the same cooking method. 
And so you're making very different meals, very tasty, but you didn't have to learn anything different. So that's one of the reasons why I like to teach cooking as part of, of what we do, because it'll give you the confidence to start experimenting on your own. And that's really the goal, to get you to a level where you understand what seasonings goes, what things, how you can sauce things without having to make a mess, um, how you can make sheet pan dinner so your whole dinner is made on one pan so your cleanup is really, really easy. So it's, like I said at the very beginning, it's learning the, the tricks without making it difficult for you because delicious dinners don't have to be complex. They just have to be delicious. So true, so true. Like, uh, just one second, I'm just call for questions. If you guys have any questions, drop them in the comment section. Linda is here with us to answer all your kitchen-related questions. So uh, be sure to share them in the comment section. And your this thing just reminded me, <laughs> delicious dinner does not have to be complex. Like, once I tried this recipe of what was it? Uh, creamy chicken with cashew nuts and whatnot. And it, it, it grind the cashew nuts, saute the onions, then put <laughs> them together, grind them again. And I'm like, why does it have so many steps? And <laughs> at the end, it just tasted so bland. I'm like, oh, that's awful. <laughs> I'm like, I worked so hard on this. And what was the point? I could have yeah, I, I, I totally get it. And one of the things that I like my clients to, to be able to do at some point is you would have been able to look at that recipe and looked at the ingredients and would have been able to know off the bat that it was not a, a well-seasoned recipe. And you could have liked, taken that same recipe and figured out how you could tweak it to give it the flavors that you want, but still make it a new recipe. So that, that's really the goal. Um, to be able to look at a recipe, know how, how it's going to taste kind of in your mind, um, and know what you need to make it your way. I love that. That is some talent to have. That is some, some it's a talent everybody can have once they learn how to do it. Awesome. I, I just have one last question. Like for someone who is, who has fear of cooking and don't, has never cooked before, and wants to get started, what is one advice you would give? Don't call me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I work with people who have fear of cooking. Um, seriously, uh, I'm a very gentle teacher um, and we go really slow. And if you take baby steps and try something really, really simple to make off the beginning, you'll go, wow, that wasn't so intimidating. And then we can add a little extra to it next time and then a different ingredient next time. Maybe the same thing, but with a different ingredient. So, wow, I can do this in different ways now. You know, that one skill, look how I can apply it in so many different ways. What else can I do? And that's really, it's like anything you, you try to learn in life. You have to start with that baby first step. And that's always, always, always the hardest step because we have all this fear. What if it turns out so bad? I'll, and I'll tell you something about having really bad food because like I said, I really started out as a terrible cook. But what I do is, you know, I, I make up things all the time when I cook. And when I sit down with my family, you know, a lot of moms tell me, oh, my kids are so picky. You know, they don't want to eat anything, blah, 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 blah. And I say, well, when I make a new dish, I say, is it a thumbs up or a thumbs down? And everybody in my family will go thumbs up or thumbs down. I don't take a thumbs down as a negative. 
I don't say, okay, I'll never make it again. Everybody hated it. I don't do that. I say to my family, how should I make it next time to make it better? So now everybody's got to think about what taste do they like? Mm -hmm. And that's a beginning to get them to be a good cook without even cooking because they're starting analyzing what flavors they like to have. So I'll say, well, what can I do differently next time to make you like it or to make it better? And, you know, I don't know is usually the first response, <laughs> you know? So don't get deterred and don't end there. And then you ask them some questions. Well, should it be spicier? Should it be saltier? Should it have some herbs in it? Whatever it is that you want to do. And then next time, incorporate those changes in it. So you're validating their taste buds. Now they're going to be anxious to try to taste what their creation was, even if they didn't cook. And if it doesn't come out right, say, okay, well, how would I tweak it now? So there's no loss ever. So mm -hmm. if your fear is that your friend is going to hate what you cook, they're still going to eat it because they need food. So make it fun for you to cook, make it a challenge, and make your family involved in the process. And then there's no harsh criticism. And the other thing I would like to add to that is because we play games at the table or have clever conversations that I teach moms to have with their families, if you're having fun at a meal, you could cook something that's really bad, but everybody's enjoying the meal because you're having great conversation. It's a great way to get over selective eaters. It's a great way to get over kids, to, to have your kids put away their electronics because you want them to be engaged with you at the table. And the food is an added bonus really extra bonus if it's really good, but you can't go wrong. So that fear of failure can be eliminated in so many different ways. I love that. And because I know a lot of people in my audience have young kids and I'm sure a lot of kids are picky eaters. So this is going to be so awesome for them. You, you mentioned that there, you, you teach them how to play games at the dinner table. Can you give some ideas? Like sure. Um, and obviously, depending on the age of your kid, you can change it. If you have games in your house, like a Trivial Pursuit game or any kind of trivial game, take the cards. You don't need the board. Ask the questions at the table. That's a really basic one. Another game that kids, little kids really like, it's called headbands. And you don't need to buy the game. You can just make this on your own. You take little cards, you know, like this big, and cut out or print a picture of a single object on it. Let's say it's a house. So the person who's it, without looking at the card, takes the card and holds it on their forehead. Then they have to ask questions from everybody else at the table to guess what the picture is on their card. Is it the size of a mug? No. And you can only answer yes or no questions. It gets your kids thinking. It's a great, great educational game. And it's very funny because... You have to see how they put together their clues and their questions. And, you know, they could be simple pictures. It could be an apple. It could be chalk. Whatever you append. Um, but it's a great, great game. And you can play that at every age. You know, make your picture a little more complex if your kids are older. But it's very, very fun. You can do other things like um, tie your conversation around holidays and special events. And I don't mean fancy holidays. I mean stupid, stupid food holidays. And I'll give you an example. There was a, a marketing company in California, and on top of their building, they had this huge, huge statue, and it was half man, and its head was a chicken, a huge chicken, hideous thing, in the, hideous. 
And after 20 years or so, they went out of business, so they moved. And the new owners of the building wanted to take down the chicken boy. And the town said, no, that's our beloved hideous sculpture. And everybody got together to pay for it to be removed to a park. And they declared September 5th was Chicken Boy Day in honor of this hideous statue. So when I work with somebody and we're getting near September 5th, I say, well, you know, you got to make chicken on Chicken Boy Day if your family eats chicken. Um, if they're plant-based, we'll come up with something else. But if you eat chicken, it's Chicken Boy Day. And we come up with some recipes. And I said, now, here's some conversations you can have about Chicken Boy Day. You can A, tell them the story, but then you can say, what's the favorite toy you had as a kid that you'd never want to give up or that you'd want to pass on to your family? If you were half human and half animal, what would the other half be? Why? Would you have any superpowers? What could you do with those superpowers? So you can make all kinds of questions that will get everybody thinking. There'll be fascinating answers. Um, and it's not the run of your, the mill, what you do in school today. And it makes it fun. And to this day, we still play games at our dinner table. My son has a girlfriend. Like I said, he's a, a going into being his junior in college. And the first time she came over for dinner, I said, do you know that we play games at the dinner table? And she said, yes. And I said, do you know that we expect you to play games with us at the dinner table? And she said, yes. And we play one of our many, many games that we play. It was a great way for her to be comfortable, for us to get to know her without saying, what are you majoring in? What do you want to be? You know, blah, 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 blah. Um, it was a great, great way. And you can do it when your kids have sleepovers or play dates. Um, and it makes it really enjoyable for everybody. And now my kids say, what are we playing for at uh, dinner time? Mm -hmm. Cool. I, I can imagine that you're probably the best and most favorite moms of all the moms <laughs> in this school. <laughs> but you can be too. That's the whole point. Everybody can be able to do it. Yes. And that's what I meant about a balabusta. That's the kind of home you want, where mm -hmm. everybody is comfortable and welcome and it just is easy to be there. I love that. So tell, can you tell us where we can find you? Sure. Um, I have a website called Balabusta Secret. And if you could give the links, that'd be great so I don't have to spell them. Um, but Balabusta Secret is my website. I have a Facebook page, Balabusta Secret, and a Facebook group, Easy Weeknight Dinners for Busy Moms. And we have a lot of fun in there, in fact, in about two weeks, I'm going to be running a bingo contest with prizes. But the things on the bingo card are tasks you have to do in the kitchen. Um, and when you complete your tasks, you get a bingo and you get a prize. So um, easy weeknight dinners for busy moms. It's an awful lot of fun. Um, and my email is Linda at Balabusta Secret. Reach out to me anytime you want. Lastly, if you're looking for a way to make extra 10K in your sleep so you can cut down your hours to spend more time with your kids, sign up for my free masterclass via the link in the description. Bye-bye.